I wish I could say something that was classy and inspirational, but it just wouldn't be our style. Yeah, I'd like to hear it. SportsTownChicago.com. Lombard, part of the P on Air Network and available on the TuneIn app. Hell yeah. Broadcast, Broadcast home for your Windy City Bulls and the Chicago Dogs. We're in a league of our own. Now, here's your SportsTownChicago.com scoreboard update. At 2 o'clock, I'm AJ Freeze with your SportsTownChicago.com update, powered by the Illinois Media School. If interested in a career in media, go to BeOnAir.com. White Sox moved back down to 500 after being blown out by the Red Sox with a final score of 16-3. Dylan Cease gave up a home run to Kike Hernandez on the first pitch of the game, which set the tone for the Red Sox. Cease only went three innings, giving up eight hits, seven runs, with two walks while striking out four. The Red Sox have become a different team since the White Sox swept them last time they played on May 8th. Boston was 10 and 19 in last place in their division. They now find themselves at 20 and 22. White Sox would look to bounce back tonight at home with Lucas Giolito on the mound facing the lefty veteran Rich Hill. First pitch is scheduled for 7-10 and the White Sox are favored at minus 175 on the money line. Cubs looked excellent on all sides of the field yesterday as they beat the Reds with a final score of 11 to 4. Frank Schwindel is heating up as he hit his first multi-home run game of the season. Schwindel puts a charge into that one. Right field, that's back, and that's gone! In the air, right field. That one's well struck. Did he do it again? Yes, he did! Frank Schwindel again! And that was Marquee Network giving us the call. Cubs had 15 total hits in the games, as well as on the pitching side, Marcus Stroman had a solid showing getting the win, where he went five innings, giving up four hits, two runs, two walks, while striking out eight. Cubs will be staying in Cincinnati for another game tonight, with Kyle Hendricks scheduled to pitch against Luis Castillo. First pitch is scheduled for 5:45, and the Cubs are plus 130 as the money line dogs. Bears' Tevin Jenkins, who was selected in the second round of the draft in 2021, is making the move from left tackle to play right tackle, where he played most of his college career. News from camp also says that the cornerback Jalen Johnson has been running reps with the second team. This has been your SportstownChicago.com update, powered by the Illinois Media School. If interested in a career in media, go to BeOnAir.com. Welcome back to the Go Ahead. I'm AJ Freeze, and I'm here with Will and Alex, and we're talking White Sox baseball. So let's get into it, boys. White Sox absolutely got murdered yesterday, but I want to go back to the weekend series before with the Yankees, and they actually were able to pull out that series. They had the first game canceled, so they played a doubleheader on Sunday and won both of those games. And, uh, you know, I was impressed to actually win a series against the best team in baseball. Uh, What are your guys' thoughts first? Will? Uh, it was a huge series win for the White Sox, and it was the first time the Yankees lost a series at home this year, and only the second time this year they've lost a series. So really huge for the White Sox. Um, with the way we lost last, uh, the White Sox lost last week against New York. Uh, it looked like a to- it looked like a totally different team out there offensively, and then on the mound, uh, we were not getting dominated like we had been uh, prior. So big wins for the White Sox this weekend. Yeah, the, and those. Uh... Those two games, the doubleheader, they only let up one run total in the doubleheader, and that the pitching was excellent. Now, the pitching yesterday was not so much there. The White Sox gave up 19 total hits, 
Alex, what do you think from uh, seeing from just all in all right now, uh, both of those series combined? Like, uh, I mean, what are your thoughts? The Yankees won. It was awesome to see because the pitching was so great. Cueto has been great so far since he's come up. And then Kopech had a perfect game going through, what, six innings? Yeah. Just about until their nine-hitter came up and hit a double in the gap. So, you know, that was good to see, especially against the Yankees because they have been the top team. And then the Red Sox game, there's just those games I feel like throughout the year you're going to get mashed like that. Yeah, and I mean um – the Red Sox are now also one of the hottest teams in baseball. I just said it in my update. The last time the White Sox played them, Boston was 10 and 19 in last place in the AL East. They're now 20 and 22. So, they've won 10 games and only lost 3 since we last since the White Sox last played them. Um it's interesting. The the Red Sox were supposed to be better than that. They were supposed to be obviously not as good as we're seeing right now, but it's a high-powered offense and White Sox saw it full force yesterday. Uh, definitely the tone setter yesterday was literally the first pitch of the game. Cease gave up a home run. Like, literally, I turned on the TV, first pitch, and see it leave the yard. I'm like, oh, no. No, yeah, when game time came around, I look at my phone, and then I instantly get a notification that there's a home run given up. And I'm like, okay, well, strap yourselves in. We're in for something special today, boys. Yeah, I think I got a text from you, AJ, saying that, and I didn't read it till later. So that's just hilarious. Yeah, no, because yesterday... Uh, Alex and I were talking about some of the the betting for the game and some of the strikeout props, and I didn't, we, I can't remember what Cease's strikeouts were at. Seven I and a half. Up, I didn't end up actually betting it, but I was like, yeah, I like I like him to get a strikeout on Kike or Trevor Story. Like they've been swinging hot bats, but they're definitely worth a strikeout. So first pitch home run, I was like, geez, <laughs> that, that I take blame on that one. That's my fault. I was talking about him being a, a strikeout for Cease. Meanwhile, first pitch, it leaves the yard. And you know who, who's really good at first pitch swinging for the home run? That's Tim. Oh, yeah. Timmy, yes, sir. It, it's it. When you think about it, like the first pitch, it everybody preaches nowadays that you want to have first pitch strike. What's his first pitch strike percentage? So you're gonna get a really mm-hmm. good pitch to hit on that first pitch, same way that Kike did it. So I don't blame anybody for swinging away at that first pitch. It's it's supposed to be a strike. Um, going forward now tonight. Giolito's on the mound against Rich Hill. What are your guys' thoughts on tonight's game? I'm expecting a bounce-back game, and then Rich Hill's a lefty, so you know what the Sox do yep. against lefties. They match lefties all day, every day. Yeah, uh, I, I definitely it, I definitely like the fact that he's a lefty, um, and we do have another solid starting pitcher mm-hmm. going for the White Sox today, so um, just <laughs> hopefully a better performance than Cease. I, I Poor Cease, man. That was a really, really rough outing for him and put a damper on him. As uh, It really dampered that earner on average. He, uh, going into that game, was leading the league in strikeouts, and then he had a 3.07 ERA, and now he's somewhere in the fours, which is just like, okay, he had that start. 4-2 four and, I mean, and two with a 4.24 is his now new ERA. Yeah, so he raised his earner on average by over 1.2. So, yeah, it's not exactly something like, like you're happy about, but it – like uh, Alex mentioned, you have those games every year. Every starting pitcher is going to have that blow-up game. And uh, glad it happened now rather than late in the season when it's really going to be impactful. Yeah, not everybody's Jacob DeGrom. So um, my next question is for he, us here and at the go-ahead one. Is the White Sox offense broken? Because even when we're talking about the games they have won, they're only winning like a four, four runs, five runs. There haven't been... Um, Geez, I, I can't even remember when's the last time they've scored double-digit runs. I think it only actually happened once this year in not, the win yeah, against not, Detroit. 
That's it. That's it. Mm. I'm looking right now. There's none this month of May. Yeah, Detroit. That one win in Detroit, April, that big win. April yeah. 10th. That's the only time the White Sox have scored double-digit runs. And that is not That was literally to open the season up, so that's kind of ridiculous. Considering how the offense performed last year, um, I would say, yes, right now the offense is broken. Do I think that it can bounce back? Definitely. I think you need Eloy back from injury, Mm -hmm. Luis Roberts back uh, out of the lineup on the COVID injured list. And then outside of that, I don't know if Lurie Garcia and Josh Harrison is going to be the answer at second base like it was last year with Lurie. I don't think they are. So I think that needs to be something to fix what's broken yeah um but it, i mean the, the the hard part is it's it's, it's a total man it's it's everybody even, uh, of course outside of tim Ho- and then jose Luis. and aj have picked it up recently really well for them and that's why in the last game they were hitting at the three and four but outside of Luis and uh tim tim throughout the season have they've been there every game basically Luis had a little bit of a slump but tim has never had a slump Everybody else is struggling at the entire lineup. And that's just not what I would ever expected from the high-powered offense that was even last year. It's the same team, even a little bit better, some may say. She, yeah. It seems like a lot of like lack of like consistency. Like there's always like three guys that go off for multi-like game like or multi-hit games and then it's just a whole bunch of other people going 0-3, 0-4. There's just not like a whole there's not like a lot of depth I feel like with the order right now. So it's not clicking. Do you guys think that their record would be way better if the offense was just like picking it up that much that it would be like what how many games over do you think if if they were offensive last year what do you think their record would be they're 500 right now 42 games into the year what do you think they would be if they had the offensive last year cuz the pitching has been incredible it's been insane everybody really i'd say they'd probably be around where the yankees and mets are right now mm-hmm. around like 20 8 to 30 wins cuz I know the Mets right now have 29 wins, the Yankees have 30. So I mean, I feel like they'd be a top dog for sure. And that's what's so hard about this is that it, it you know, you could say there was a slump, right? But I mean, mm-hmm. we are almost 2 months into the year and the offense has not clicked yet. I don't really know what else to like say. How do you fix it? What do you do? There's not much you can you can't really trade for anybody right now. It's still too early. Yeah, a lot of it is just it's always the lack of the spring training this year because of the the lockout, mm-hmm. all the injuries. And I want to see a part of it is LaRusa's mixing up with the lineups all the time, not sticking to a consistent lineup, people batting in different spots all the time. Yeah, every single game this year, it's an absolute, it's a totally different one through nine. And I just don't like that. I feel like, I mean, you consistently have Jose in the same spot and then Tim mm-hmm. leads off. But if but it's then, not working, why do you stick with it? I, 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 that's my perspective of, like, why you're changing it. Because you got to find the, the lineup that actually does work. And there's been 25 different lineups right now, and all of them are poop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think also some of that is because the injuries. So then you have to you change up the lineups because of the injuries and just... You're I, calling guys yeah, up, yeah. sending guys down consistently. Now, yeah. also, there was this huge debate that everybody was having about Vaughn being at the nine. I'm actually going to go first. I actually was not totally against it because only this. That seven, eight, nine at that time when they did that lineup, all of them were doing terrible. It's a free inning per that team. And, of course, he was a little bit wrong with Tony talking about, like, the second leadoff hitter. It's not exactly like that anymore without the pitcher, but it still turns it around that 
Tim will have some guys on now and whoever else is at that one, two, three. Because if you don't have anybody on seven, eight, nine, just go down, down, down. It's just a free inning. It has gets nobody on ever. And especially when we're talking about four, five, six, even if they get on, they're not going to score them because it's seven, eight, nine. So that's why I wasn't totally against having somebody actually solid at that nine spot to just balance it out a little bit. No, I, I'm definitely with you there, AJ. When you look at uh, Andrew Vaughn this season, uh, outside of the injuries, obviously, he's batted two in the 280s this year, and he's been fairly consistent. He's had a little bit of pop as well. But um, him in that nine spot, uh, it, it just makes, it like you said, it makes sense with Tim Anderson up after that. He can then, uh, Tim Anderson has someone he can actually drive in with the power that he is able to show. And then outside of that, um, you don't need Reese McGuire out there with Yasmani Grandal and him batting ninth every day. I mean, just have like, uh, imagine like Larray, Sheets, and like, uh, I don't know, Josh Harrison, all, all back to back. Like, it's really, Sheets is better than that. But just imagine them being at eight, nine, seven of like really bad hitters. It just, it, it hurts. It hurts really bad for that middle of the lineup and for that top of the lineup. Last year, they were deep enough. The White Sox were deep mm-hmm. enough. They didn't have to worry about trying to make sure the lineup was balanced enough that there weren't crappy guys hitting at the bottom. They were deep, balanced all the way through one through nine. It's just not that case this year. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And I think once more people get healthy and you get the deeper lineup back, I would like to see Vaughn uh, more yes, up in the order. I see. And maybe Yohan should go be going down in the order. Yeah, no, he's I, not I, doing I, He's had an abysmal start no. to the year. He has not shown up at all. He had those two home runs to start the year yep, early, and, and then he's gone. Yeah, no, I I, uh, I definitely agree that I don't, I'm not sitting here saying that Vaughn is the ninth hitter. Like, that's what he yeah. should be. He's definitely higher than that. I'm cool with him being anywhere, anywhere really. Anywhere order at yeah. all. Literally Honestly, anywhere. obviously, besides Tim at leadoff. Yeah. But even then, I wouldn't even be upset if Vaughn was a leadoff hitter. So, regardless, uh, I just wanted to bring that up and talk about that as a point because there was a lot of people very, very upset about it. And I thought it actually made sense. Um. Any of you guys uh, going to the Cubs games this weekend? Cubs Sox though? Potentially no? the Saturday game. Yeah, I will be going to to both of the games on Saturday and Sunday. I am very excited to be going to the Cubs Sox mm-hmm. games. Um, hopefully they can take those two games and put them back on track. Two more games against the Red Sox. Um, we think a win today? I'm going for yeah. a win today. Lucas Chilito is going to have a solid outing. And then the lineup, one guy will show up and carry the offense, hopefully. You can't play much worse than they did yesterday. And then um, tomorrow is Keuchel versus Waka. So I, I don't know what do you guys think. We got like 20 seconds. Just you guys think win or loss there? Probably a loss. Probably a loss. Throw up a prayer. Yeah. So three. We'll we'll, we'll go three and one to finish it up here with mm-hmm. uh, one one splitting it these last two games with the Red Sox and sweeping the Cubs. Uh, but that'll be it for us on the White Sox segment, and uh, we'll be back talking more about Tim Anderson and uh, Josh Donaldson and the whole Jackie Robinson thing. Stay tuned. SportsTownChicago.com
Jill's Hot Dogs has been around since 1953, but I promise it's not old news. You don't have to like hot dogs to like Jill's on Plainfield Road in Joliet. Italian beef, hot dogs, shakes, and sides. My family's had a relationship with Joe's Hot Dogs for three generations. Golden fries with a tad bit of salt and the perfect amount of crunch come in a bag as big as your hand. And that's just a small. For more on the menu, visit Joe's Hot Dogs, Joliet.com. Bringing that classic Chicago flavor to the suburbs. That's Joe's Hot Dogs across from CVS on Plainfield Road in Joliet. At the football game, Jim shows the telltale signs of being wasted. He starts flexing for the camera. He refers to his muscles as gunboats. He screams, how's this for a halftime show? Jim streaks the field. It's easy to tell if you've had way too many to drive. But what if you've had just one too many to drive? Never underestimate just a few. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, the Ad Council, and this station. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and Windy City News Radio. The Illinois Center for Broadcasting is now the Illinois Media School. We've been an institution in the Chicagoland area now for 30 years. Because the broadcasting world is always changing, so are we. Not only are we teaching radio and television production, but now you can learn all aspects of the media industry, like web design. You can even specialize in TV or film, sports broadcasting, and even sales. No matter where you are in the Chicagoland area, we have a campus near you. The Illinois Media School. Be on TV, be on radio, be on air.com. That was money. Tell me that wasn't money. Yo, yo, yo. Check us out. We are the go-to guys. I'm your boy, Space. I'm your boy, MC. Check us out every Thursday from 4 to 5 p.m. We spitting all facts, all sports, all day. Yes, sir. Who else are you going to go to in the clutch? Lillard, long range three. And it's good! Keeping you up to date with all the latest sports news. We are the go-to guys. Where else are you going to get all your sports news from? You know. SportstownChicago.com. Welcome back to the Go Ahead. I'm AJ Freeze, and I'm Will Shoemaker, and I'm Alex, and uh, we're talking about Josh Donaldson and uh, the Jackie Robinson stuff with uh, Tim Anderson. Uh, let's get into it first. Just a little bit of uh, the initial what happened is just like in the middle of the game or in the first inning, Donaldson ended up saying something to Timmy, and uh, later in the game, Yasmani got up in Donaldson's face and said something to him and the bench is cleared. Um, I'm going to take a listen into right now. I'm going to show you the audio that we have of what Tim said. And then shortly after I'll show you what Donaldson said. So here's Tim. Yeah. He just made a you know, disrespectful comment. Uh, you know, basically was, you know, trying to call me Jackie Robinson. Like what's up Jackie? Uh, you know, uh, I don't play like that. You know, I don't, I don't really play at all. Uh, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't really, you know, bothering nobody today, but, uh, you know, he made a comment, and, uh, you know, it was, it was disrespectful. And then here's Donaldson's side. 
All right, so first inning, I called him Jackie. So let me give you a little context of that. 2019, he came out with the interview, said that he's a new Jackie Robinson of baseball. He's going to bring back fun for the game, right? And 2019, when I played for Atlanta, we actually joked about that on the game. Um, I don't know what's changed from, and I've said it to him uh, in years past, not, not in any manner they're just joking around for the fact that he called himself Jackie Robinson, you know. Um, so, you know, if something has changed uh, from that, like my meaning of that is not at any term uh, trying to be racist by any fact of the matter. Um, it was just off of an interview that what he called himself. All right, so there it is, and that is what both players had to say about it themselves. Um Tim took it as disrespectful, and Donaldson didn't think so as much. But Donaldson also doesn't have so much support from his own side of the Yankee side, coach or player-wise. A couple people have also spoke out about it. Will and Alex, I'd like to hear your guys' thoughts on just the whole scenario at first. Will, go ahead. Uh, So for me, um, AJ, I don't like it from Donaldson. Just with what's gone on between Donaldson and the White Sox the last few years when he's been with Minnesota, he hasn't gotten along with White Sox players. White Sox guys don't like him, and him kind of claiming that him and Tim have jokingly uh, had a back and forth in the past is something that I just don't agree. I I don't believe because the way Tim uh, came out in that interview, it didn't sound like he was very happy with what went on. So I just don't think it's the time or place for you to say anything like that. I don't necessarily think that it was racist, but these guys aren't best friends out there. So, Yeah, and you just got to know like the context of everything going into that. Like Jackie Robinson, the first African-American player in the game, and you're making a joke about it towards Tim, who's also African-American. It just it doesn't sit right really with anyone, and I just he's got to really think about that, and it's Donaldson's fault. Yeah, you know, at least for for me in my perspective, um, regardless if it was a joke or not, it just definitely was not the right thing to say. I mean, what's what's the point of it? What kind of like even if you want to be like, if you're saying like you're being friendly, like obviously Tim didn't think it was friendly. If you're trash talking, can't you do something better than call him Jackie Robinson? Like, I mean, seriously, you can just say you suck. Honestly, like it, it, that would be so much better than whatever just happened right now. Yeah, call him overrated. Call him something else. Why? Why do you? Why would you go towards like the most historical racial person in baseball? Yeah, no, I, I I don't really get it. And so then I guess my next question to you and for our Twitter following at the go ahead one was the the was the suspension deserved or was it more less? What do you guys think? I feel like just because global stage big names in Tim Anderson and then former MVP Josh Donaldson, I feel like they needed to suspend him for this just because some takes were, oh, what he did's terrible. What he did's racist. Um, he shouldn't be pl- uh, playing the game, doing stuff like that. And then other people were uh, calling it, "Oh, it's n- nothing. There's nothing wrong with it." So I feel like just the amount of attention that was on the whole entire scenario, I feel like something had to be done. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, we even had some people in this school who are not here for sports saying, "Oh, talking about it, talking about Josh Donaldson," and. Uh, it's different in baseball because baseball, there's 162 games. So one game, was it really enough? Like football, one game, that's enough. Basketball, maybe enough. Baseball, it's a lot of games. So one game really isn't much. And, you know, I, I guess 
I, there were actually some people who were like, it's just Tim being a baby looking for something to pick at. And I don't think that's the case either, especially when it comes to, like we said, the, the, the previous in, encounters with Donaldson. This isn't anything new the White Sox have had with Donaldson. It's been on three different teams. <laughs> so I, I, I'm not too concerned that it's, it's uh, Timmy looking for trouble on purpose. Yeah. If anything... I mean, it worked. There was a doubleheader that they, they ended up winning. Benches cleared and just took down the Yankees at their own place. Tim Anderson also hit that three-run homer and yep, shushed the, the crowd. Day. Yeah, that yeah. was huge. That was awesome for him. Um, just out of curiosity, do you guys think uh, that that home run was bigger than the Field of Dreams home run? No. No. I don't think so. I mean, it wasn't necessarily in regards to like how big it was for the team, but I feel like... Uh, for Tim Anderson, it it meant a lot, you know, with what happened with Donaldson. I bet you that one probably personally felt yeah. better for him, mm-hmm. but I think the bigger one was the Field of Dreams because it was a walk-off. It was the Field of Dreams game on ESPN across everywhere. Yeah, it was nationally yeah. televised. Yeah. Like Everybody was watching that yeah. game. So, I mean, th- yeah, the significance was better with that one. But as a personal thing for Timmy, yeah, Timmy was I, – I think he'd probably say that one was – maybe more important to him, but, um, yeah. Uh, when it comes to Donaldson though, Donaldson hasn't even had issues just with his, with the White Sox. He's had issues with all sorts of different players. It's almost Mm -hmm. like he can't keep his mouth shut. Sometimes he just loves to talk and it obviously gets him in trouble sometimes, but even his own teammate, Garrett Cole, I mean, well, it was before they were teammates, but still got, got into, uh, to some stuff with him. So Donaldson across the league is one of the, the villains of the league. A hundred percent. And would you guys say there's anybody else that really fits up in his tier right now of villains? I would, currently, I wouldn't say so right now. Cause he was the biggest guy on the whole sticky stuff with baseball. Mm-hmm. We need to get rid of this. These pitchers are cheating. He, he's got the spin rates on every pitcher and everything. Yeah, for me, I think it's definitely Josh Donaldson as well. There's Josh Donaldson, and then there's the rest of everybody else. You know what I mean? Like, he kind of stands out just because of how out there he is with his comments. He's on Twitter. He likes to talk a lot of smack. Um, So there's him and then everybody else. But another guy for me, and this is as a White Sox fan, Correa. Mm. I mean, he's he's a villain. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's actually hard because – you want to say all those Astros guys are villains, right? But, it, you know, it was kind of, not that it was like a one and done thing, but it's like, okay, are we really going to trash him for forever now? Like, like we're still going to, like, you know, remind them that the fans, the people will never forget. But, I mean, they don't, it's not like the whole stadiums are booing them like crazy anymore. Yeah. Maybe in a playoff game they will when, like, you know, it's the crazy fans there, but... When it's just a casual game against the Astros now in 2022, it's just not the same of hate that was there. COVID definitely delayed that a little bit because they didn't get the hate because there's no fans. And then that whole next year, a whole bunch of trashed them all. And now this year, it's where it dies down. Another couple other villains I was thinking of was uh, people always don't like Bryce Harper. Mm -hmm. And then Manny Machado was the other one. Yep. Yep. And we're actually going to talk about Manny Machado in our last segment because we have a we have a decent amount to talk about with him. He's been a very, very special player this year. Um, yeah, Manny Manny was definitely a, rival, uh, uh, a villain 
um, dirty players yeah, very, sliding into people certain ways and other types you know, of things. Trash, trash talking too, mm. also the same way. He mm-hmm. he was a, a loud mouth, but uh, he's been pretty quiet recently. What is, since the Padres. Yeah, since the Padres, I'd agree. But what does uh, Bryce get all the hate for? Is it because he left Washington, or is it because he was super hyped? I think it's just the hype. It was just... Like he had it, that LeBron kind of yeah, hype. Yeah, it, the chosen one. Do you remember it was it was Trout and Harper? Like that was the biggest debate, right? Well, I mean that I think that was like that that's part of it. Like that was like the big thing is that like there were so many people who were like Harper's good, but not Trout good, and then they began to hate hate Harper. And it's not like Harper is like a um necessarily like a dirty player either, but fan fan wise, you either love him or you hate him. There's not really like I feel like there's not a lot of people that hate Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge yeah. doesn't really do that much to like hate him. Yeah, he he just kind of stays between the lines. Mm-hmm. He's perfect, but like that's the that's team, the yeah. point of like uh, Harper. He does things. Remember the Papelbon thing too. That that's oh, not yeah. even like his fault. But like there's a lot of people who are like he's not a good uh, teammate. Play, yeah, a, a, a teammate to mm-hmm. the team. Uh, he's he's a nuisance to the team, and, and, and then, then they top, win right after. He right, leaves. they win the World <laughs> Series after he leaves. So that is like part of it of like where the people come into line with it. I don't think he's up there with Donaldson or Machado, but some people would categorize him as one of the villains. Of the yeah, because I've never understood it because he plays hard. He shows no. a lot of emotion, and that's a player that I like personally. Oh yeah, me too uh, as well. Uh, Bryce Harper, big fan here, and the fact that he came back and won an MVP last mm-hmm. year was insane. Yeah, no, I, I actually I don't have any any beef with Harper. I think he's a fantastic player. I do think he's not as good as Trout, but I think no. he is an absolute superstar, one of the best in the league. Um, so, yeah, that'll wrap it up for us here on our segment of Tim Anderson and the villains in the league. Uh, we're going to do our sports update next, and we'll be coming in next to the Chicago Cubs and their winning streak. And uh, is it sustainable going forward for a little bit? Stay tuned. SportstownChicago.com Scoreboard Update At 2.30, I'm Will Shoemaker with your SportstownChicago.com update powered by the Illinois Media School. If interested in a career in media, go to BeOnAir.com The Chicago White Sox lost 16-3 at the hands of the Boston Red Sox last night. Dylan Cease, who has been excellent so far this season, just did not have it, allowing 7 earned runs on 8 hits with 2 walks and 4 strikeouts while allowing while, while throwing just three innings. The bullpen was not any better, allowing nine runs combined. Jose Abreu provided the only run support, hitting a three-run bomb for his fifth of the season. The White Sox look to bounce back tonight at 7-10 at guaranteed rate field with Lucas Giolito on the bump. The Chicago Cubs and Frank Schwindel were fi- firing on all cylinders last night as they took an 11-4 win against the Cincinnati Reds. Frank the Tank has homered in four straight games, and last night he had his first multi-home run game of his career. Marcus Stroman had, had a solid out in pitching five innings while giving up just two walks with four hits and striking out eight. The Cubs play the Cincinnati, Cincinnati Reds at 540 with ace Kyle Hendricks on the mound. In NBA playoff news, Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavs avoided the sweep as they beat the Warriors 119-109. to Luka continued to carry the Mavs, dropping 30 points, 14 rebounds, and 9 assists. Golden State looks to close out the series in the Bay tomorrow night at 8. The Celtics and Heat face off in Game 5 tonight in Miami at 7.30. This has been your SportstownChicago.com update brought to you by the Illinois Media School. If interested in a career in media, go to BeOnAir.com.
is your home for sports. Red Laps! SportstownChicago.com. Take that exit and get to the Southern Cafe, home of the Nasty Biscuit on Roselle Road in Roselle. Get over there and try the Chicken Fried Chicken Biscuit made with the Southern Cafe's house-made drop biscuit with buttermilk chicken fried chicken smothered in country gravy topped with shredded cheddar and crumbled hickory smoked bacon. I always say that when you go to the Southern Cafe, you come out with two meals with the heaping amounts of food they serve you in every meal. I love to go to a place with outdoor seating. The Southern Cafe has a great outdoor seating area to help social distance, and I get to enjoy my breakfast outdoors. Open 6.30 a.m. to 3 p.m. to give you plenty of time to grab an amazing breakfast or lunch. Now get your butt over to the Southern Cafe on Roselle Road. Hello? It's speed walking day. Dorothy? You're breaking up. Did I mention we'd be slowing down when we pass the court where those fine brothers play ball? I heard that. Reduce your risk of cancer, diabetes, heart disease, and stroke. Get active, eat right, and maybe even run into Mr. Right. Isn't sisterhood beautiful? For more information, go to everydaychoices.org. Brought to you by the American Cancer Society, the American Diabetes Association, the American Heart Association, the Ad Council, and this station. Alert! Alert! Be gone, maxed-out credit cards, overdue loans, suffocating interest rates, and relentless collection agencies. If your credit rating is making you and others around you cringe, there's only one thing to do, and that's to turn to the professionals at Creative Credit Solutions. Even if your credit is less than perfect, we'll help you get back on track. You can do it, and we can help. Call today or visit creativecreditsolutions.net for your free credit check report. Blow the whistle on SportstownChicago.com. Mondays and Fridays from 2 to 3 p.m. as we talk NFL. The game plan was really sound. In the quarterback league, it, it has been, it still is. Franchise-defining quarterbacks. College football. Will Jim Harbaugh make it through the season as Michigan's head coach? Some more Big Ten talk. And here's some things you wouldn't expect. I would have never expected that. Get all of that and more on Blow the Whistle on SportstownChicago.com. Schwindel puts a charge into that one. Right field, that's back, and that's gone. In the air, right field. That one's well struck. Did he do it again? Yes, he did. Frank Schwindel again. Liner to right, coming on Suzuki. He's got it. Ball game. Cubs win. Three in a row for the Cubs. Robert Gesellman finishes it off. And your final 11 4. Welcome back to the Go Ahead. I'm AJ Freeze. And I'm Will Shoemaker. I'm Alex Slez. And uh, we're talking about the Cubs now. Uh, Cubs are on a three-game win streak, and uh, it has been not so much against uh, the greatest of teams since uh, their last couple games here have been the Diamondbacks, the Pirates, the Diamondbacks again, and now the Reds. So some really not fantastic teams, but... At least the Cubs have been playing pretty well, and Frank Schwindel, who got sent down to the minors, has what four four straight games with a home run now? Is that yeah, four straight games with a home run, and then last night those two home runs so huge for him. Yeah, he's been swinging a hot bat, and especially for him after coming out from the minor leagues, uh, they sent him down just for a little bit, and but like it was because he was struggling. So. Uh, a big key piece for him to turn it around. Uh, and, you know, Wisdom has actually been swinging a hot bat, too. I think he's got 10 home runs on the season now himself. Um, so we always talked about before um, the Cubs offense is really going to depend on what those two guys are doing. Uh, yep, uh, Wisdom's batting 226 with 10 home runs now. So 
The, the power from Schwindel and Wisdom are going to be key factors on uh, the Cubs' offense in general, just because there's not a lot of other big names that can do the power that they're doing. Yeah, outside of those two guys, I mean, you've got Ian Happ, who can consistently give you a home run here or there, and then Wilson Contreras, who who knows if the Cubs keep him uh, throughout this season or if they end up trying to maybe flip him at the deadline. But um, those two guys definitely are kind of pivotal for this offense to keep them going. Yeah, Ian Happ has probably been, what, the most consistent hitter, you guys yeah, would say? I would say this year so far, yeah. Uh, I, if he puts up a little bit more power numbers, he'd actually be really, really fantastic. Uh, we had talked about it before that um, I think Ian Happ would be a really valuable trade piece, and even for the White Sox, mm-hmm. and I, I mentioned he can play second base, he can play yep. outfield, and the White Sox would love that, a switch-hitting outfielder slash second baseman. It's a better Larry Garcia. Yeah, way better. <laughs> Far way better Larry better. Garcia. Yeah. Um, so I, I do think that would be uh, a, a nice fit. Um, don't know what the value would be. But the point is is that I think the Cubs could get a, a good value piece from him. They could get, definitely get something good from Wilson. Uh, Wilson's been pretty pretty solid this year, batting 260 with five home runs. Um, I definitely think they should trade him, though. I think they should really get rid of most of the guys that have value that are going to um, not really stick around. You could s- say keep Wilson, but Wilson's already 30. Mm-hmm. And let's say this rebuild leaks two years, right? Well, you have to pay Wilson for two years to be on a, a, a mediocre ball club. So he'll be 32 years old by the time you actually need him. I would just say move on to somebody else that can yep. use him, take all the prospects you can get, and when it comes back around time... That'll be that, you know. Because the older he gets, the more his value is just going to go down. Right, right. No, yeah, the speed that he does have, which is a real appealing thing for him at the catcher position, that's going to start going away sooner rather than later. And um, just overall, the prime for him is right now. So I feel like if you're the Chicago Cubs, what's best is definitely moving on and getting some assets for him. Um, I just I, I just want to bring this up myself, uh, just a personal thing. Uh, you guys know who Pete Crow Armstrong is, correct? He's yeah. he he was in the Baez trade. He yeah. was the one piece mm-hmm. for it. He has been absolutely exceptional in the minor leagues this year in 2022. Yes, he's in single A, but he's batting 362 with six home runs, 24 RBIs, and 10 stolen bases in 140 at bats. That guy is going to be a superstar, five-tool superstar for this Cubs outfield. I thought he was really good when the Cubs got him, but, man, he is really, really showing out in the minor leagues right now like crazy. Five tools, absolutely. Ten stolen bases and only 140 at-bats while hitting six home runs. Yeah, he's he's really fun. Uh, so when we're, when we're talking about the Cubs right now just in general, going forward, it's going to be future, future, future. Mm-hmm. Pete Crow, Brendan Davis. There's going to be a lot of other guys that are actually going to make what the Cubs are in the future. Saya will stay. Stroman will still be there. I don't know about Kyle Hendricks. But for now, the Cubs are just playing games, getting at-bats, and just playing along pretty much. But it's a waiting game until Pete Crow and the other guys come up. And Ed Howard type of thing, you know? Like, it's, it's really going to be interesting. We have talked about... Magical and Horner, and um, they're hurt now. I, I don't, maybe Magical's not, but I know Horner is. No, yeah, Magical still is as well. Yeah, so they're both down right now. So that doesn't even help see what they're going to fit future-wise. So 
they're just doing pretty much all they can right now. At least they did make those veteran signings of Andrelton Simmons and VR to be around because if those two guys were hurt right now, they'd have some real scrubs up right now. <laughs> yeah, they'd have 2.0s of Frank Schwindel yep. and, uh, Even worse Patrick than <laughs> and Patrick Wisdom from last year. Like, guys, yeah. you don't know the name, and then you pray that they turn out to be something. Some 28-year-old rookies. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I think my biggest thing is still that I, I don't think the Cubs have the pitching going forward just in general, both sides, bullpen-wise, starting pitching-wise. They're just not there. Maybe offensively they're not that bad, honestly. I I, I don't think the Cubs' offense is bottom tier in the league. No. I, I really don't think it is. But I think their pitching, besides Stroman and Hendricks, yeah, I think it's really, really bad. Um, did you, Will... I know I, I talked to Alex about it, or maybe I didn't even talk to you about it, but uh, Cody Hoyer's injury. Oh, yeah, that's horrible. Yeah, the double. it was uh second time having Tommy John, and he uh, ripped it off the bone. Yeah, right? yeah. That, that, the, brutal. The, the muscle completely tore off the bone. So that trade, at least, of giving up Hoyer, I, I don't know if he'll play again. I don't know if he'll ever pitch the same again. I, I can't imagine him coming back and being the same player no. after that kind of injury. No, yeah, it's going to... Uh, Take even longer now to obviously uh, rehab from that injury. And I don't know what it – like with his kind of style of pitching, it's I don't think he's going to be able to come back and be half as impactful as a player as he was. Yeah, um, I'm I'm definitely uh, in agreement with that, that I don't think he could come back and be even close to what he was. And I, I think he could have been – a closer for years to come for the Cubs, honestly. I think he could have been the closer yeah. for the next three years. Yeah, when that trade was made, I wasn't exact. Like, Madrigal was somebody that the uh, a lot of White Sox fans were like, oh, my gosh, we can't get rid of Madrigal. But Hoyer, I was kind of like, hey, you guys need to remember that this guy's pretty good. Like, he's definitely he definitely was somebody who had potential. So this injury to him definitely hurts for the Cubs. And then for that trade, it makes it look a little bit more like, oh, shrug. Yeah. yeah, I just wish Pollock was performing how he at, was like, with the Dodgers. At, yeah, or I mean, even the Diamondbacks. Like yeah. that was the thing about. I was so excited when the White Sox made that trade because I was like, "Wow, Pollock is not really an All Star. He's a borderline All Star, but he's so consistent. He's never really had like such a down year." Yeah, and of course, it's happening with the White Sox. Like, so uh, that that trade in itself uh, looked a little bit better. Um, not too great for the Cubs, but I also don't think, I don't think anybody was offering better than Magical and Hoyer for Kimbrel at Probably, that time. No, no, no I don't time. think so either, right? Like you don't. There wasn't a huge, like huge, huge market for the uh, competitive teams. Like nobody was really looking for a uh, closing pitcher, so I don't think. I mean, it was a sh- kind of a shock to the White Sox when they yeah. did it. I, it was kind of like a whoa. No, yeah, Kimbrel? we had Liam, so it was yeah, like, it was what a- the heck. That was a little weird. It didn't work out, and um, now he's playing for the Dodgers in that trade, interestingly enough. But uh, Cubs-wise, they're playing tonight. Uh, They got two more games against the Reds. Um, Cubs are not favored tonight. They are underdogs at plus 130 with Luis Castillo pitching against Kyle Hendricks. Uh, What are you guys' thoughts on that game tonight? I think it's just a total toss-up. Both pitchers have very similar ERAs this year, both in the fours. And you never know what you're really going to get. They're either going to pitch a gem or they're going to give up eight runs, I feel like. Yeah. yeah no, I, I'm, I, definitely, I feel like more on the side that um, – oh, wait. Oh, yeah, here. Sorry. Uh, 
Luis Castillo, 0 and 2 with a 4.6, and Kyle Hendricks with a 4.9. Um, I, I just, I, I think that that Cincinnati offense is just not as clicking as well as the Cubs are right now. So that's why it's kind of a surprise to me that there's such. Well, they're not huge underdogs. Plus 130 isn't a huge underdog, but that means that the Reds are more like minus 150, and I think that's too favored for them. I think it's a more, like you said, even 50-50 minus mm-hmm. 110 kind of game, but it, that's not what it is. I think maybe they're giving them the respect because the Reds are at home, mm-hmm. and it's yeah. their ace as well. And maybe they're just due for a win, I guess, is what they're feeling. Um, but I, I, would, I would go with the Cubs right now just based on how high potency that offense has been 11 runs in the last game seven runs the game before five runs the game before that six before that and six again before that so if they're scoring five or six runs every game man i wish the white Sox were doing that right yeah, for real and then the next game after that they're going against hunter green who's actually been doing really good for the reds lately had that no hitter going through uh the one game against the Pirates that they lost. Yes, I could not believe that. That was absolutely crazy. Yeah, and I think I'm going to be taking the Cubs as well here. Just considering Kyle Hendricks uh, coming off of a rough start, I feel like he'll bounce back uh, tonight for the Cubs. And then outside of that, like you mentioned, uh, that Cubs offense has been on a tear recently. Yeah, speaking of that last game, the next day, uh, that 11:30 game against Hunter Green, Justin Steele starting that game. Uh, that's just going to be a really good game in general. I I would like love to watch that game just in general because uh, Steele's been pitching pretty well. He's he can be fun sometimes, and of course Hunter Green is always a joy to watch. Watching a young the, fireballer, yeah, and then they got the Sox and Brewers right after. So yep. have fun with that. Yeah, the White Sox, of course, coming up this weekend. Then so that'll wrap it up for us here on the Cubs. We'll be talking about. Uh, Manny Machado and uh, Jock Peterson and his excellent performance last night. So stay tuned. This is your home for sports. Longtime fans, sports is like life. SportstownChicago.com. What's up, Chicago? If you're ever, and I mean ever, out looking for good urban food 24-7, come down to White Palace Grill located 1159 South Canal Street in Chicago. White Palace Grill is open 365 days a year since 1939. I personally love the steak and egg dinner, but whether you like burgers for breakfast, steak for lunch, or French toast for dinner, White Palace is the place for you. The diner is a 24-hour urban oasis. Come now. Come later. Hey, come now in later. We never close at White Palace Grill located 1159 South Canal Street in Chicago. Visit us at whitepalace.com or order with Uber Eats or Grubhub anytime, any day. Daddy, when you look at me, I could see a wheels turning. About what am I going to be when I grow up? A major league first baseman? Maybe a point guard for a national champion. The odds of a child becoming a professional athlete are 1 in 16,000. Far-fetched? Maybe. But did you know the odds of a child being diagnosed with autism are 1 in 166? That's right, 1 in 166. To learn the signs of autism, go to AutismSpeaks.org. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Go to Lux Barbershop for the best barbers and stylists in Plainfield, Illinois. I go there when I have an important event, date, or I just want to look good. The straight razor shave will have you looking fresh and smooth. Lux Barbershop is open seven days a week. Go to Lux Barbershop for the finest barbers, stylists, braiders, and massage therapists in the southern suburbs. Check out all their daily deals on Facebook, Instagram, and LuxBarbershop.com. Hi, this is Joe Perry. And Steven Tyler of Aerosmith for Red. You know, it's okay to rock and roll and party down. Just don't get in that 2,000-pound bullet when you're done and cocked. And please don't drink and drive. Someone that jaded you. 
A reminder that friends don't let friends drive drunk. A public service message brought to you by the Ad Council, U.S. Department of Transportation, National Association of Broadcasters, and RAD. The Chicago Dogs are back on SportsTownChicago.com. Tune into the season opener against the Sioux City Explorers Friday, May 28th at Impact Field in Rosemont. First pitch at 7.05 p.m. Hear all the action right here on SportsTownChicago.com. High drive. Right field. It is out of here. Hit into center field. Nimmo back at the wall. Welcome back to the Go Ahead. I'm AJ Freeze. And I'm Will Shoemaker. And I'm Alex Slez. So, Jock Peterson, three homer game yesterday. A little bit of that Jocktober action. Still alive. Uh, I think that was one of the best games this year so far, guys. I mean, it was a crazy performance. Um, did any of you guys even catch it? I, I actually fell asleep, so I watched it the next day. But, man. I kept up uh, that night a little bit with some of the highlights throughout the game, but um, I wasn't watching it live. Every time I saw Jock hit a home run, I was like, okay, okay. Yeah, no, I didn't catch it. That was uh, that late night. Was, yeah, it was a late night game. Yeah, oh, no, Coast, yeah, yeah. The, those West Coast yeah. games be real late yeah, night. I was not, not up for that after that Sox, you know, 16-3 to loss that kind of put me to bed. Yeah, no, but uh, I'll just break it down here really quick. So, uh Early in the game, I mean, it was just pretty much all all uh, Giants for for a while. The Giants were up eight to two going into the seventh inning, and the Mets ended up scoring two in the seventh and eight in the seventh. Uh, sorry, two in the seventh and seven in the eighth. So it scored nine runs in those last two innings to take the lead, and then uh, with an down 8 to 11, Jock Peterson hit his third home run of the game to tie it at 11 apiece. And then they go to the top of the ninth, and the Mets hit a sack fly to, to retake the lead. And then in the bottom of the ninth, Jock Peterson has another hit, his fourth hit of the game with his three home runs to tie it. And then Brandon Crawford walked it off. To win with a final score of thirteen to twelve, I think it was the best game of the year so far. That's just uh, how I feel, I guess. But uh, yeah, Jack Peterson has um, ten home runs on the year now. After that, so he's still still swinging the ball pretty well. Uh, there was a big question mark of whether he would be decent enough or not. Uh, so this season, he's batting two fifty five with ten home runs, and um, yeah, I mean it's. Definitely what the Giants were hoping for when they signed him. Uh, Will, what are your thoughts on just that game and Jock Peterson in general? Uh, Jock, so far this year, has been uh, pretty good for um, the Giants. He's uh, With those three home runs last night, he's got 10 on the season now, and he's also driven in 22 runs. Uh, so it's been a pretty good year for him so far. And then for the Giants, that was a wild finish last night. Uh, late night game, like you guys mentioned, on the West Coast. 
and Edwin Diaz for the Mets, as uh, AJ, you know, Mets are my mm-hmm. National League team. Edwin Diaz consistently blows games. Mm-hmm. So it was definitely tough for New York, but a good win for San Francisco as they're in a very competitive National League West. Um, but we'll, we'll go to the other side then. Um, when we're speaking of um, the Mets then, um, what do you think about the Mets' sustainability going forward now, especially with no DeGrom, no Scherzer, no Taylor McGill? Um, I definitely think that it's going to be a little bit more interesting there in the National League East now. Um, they still obviously have Chris Bassett, and then they've got that lineup. And then outside, the lineup of, is excellent, man. Oh yeah, it the, really is. The lineup: you got Mark Canna, you've got Francisco Lindor, Pete Alonso out there hitting bombs. I mean, just compared to what they did last year, this team looks so much better and so much. I feel like Buck Showalter has a lot to do with the team's mm-hmm. performance so far this year. But I feel like they can hold on, just considering the East is where it is right now. But it's definitely going to be a little bit tougher of a division now for the next couple months. Yeah, none of the other teams in the division are really like looking like they're going to jump out and you know catch the Mets right anytime soon at all. Yeah, no, there's definitely not a team in that division that is like ready to pounce. All of those teams in their last ten games. Atlanta's five and five, Philly's four and six, mm-hmm. Miami's four and six, and Washington's three and ten. So there's nobody hot right now in that division. Even the Mets are six and four. Nobody's feeling it. The division is eight games up for the Mets. So not not necessarily cruising right now, but just a watchful eye, making sure that nobody heats up right now. Atlanta can always heat up. Philly can always heat up. But for now, Mets will still hold it down for a little bit, even without those starting pitchers. And that's the key thing for the Mets is that they have to hold it down until those guys get back. Yeah, the starting pitching's carried that team for years. Now it's time for the bats to carry them. And they have been so far. Mm-hmm. That's 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 what's been so great is that those bats have been absolutely ginormous. It's really not just the pitching, even though the pitching has been excellent. They were really a balanced team to start out this year. Um, all right, though, let's let's move on to uh, San Diego, though. So we were talking about Manny Machado, and um, I, I think right now Manny Machado would be my National League MVP at this current current moment in time. I definitely agree with you there. Manny Machado has been on an absolute tear so far this season. Uh, with Fernando Tatis out, what he's done has kept them competitive, and they're actually second in the division over the Giants. Manny's got seven stolen bases this year. <laughs> I th- what? I didn't know yeah. that at all. For Mr. Not Charlie Hustle himself. Yeah. He, has wow. only, he has only 83 stolen bases in his entire career, but in the first two months of this year, he's already got seven. So the the stat line right now for Manny Machado at this current point in time is 368 leading the league, eight home runs, 27 RBIs, seven stolen bases, and a 1,000 OPS. Not even including his nuts fielding. Right. Not even including yeah. that he's a top full three defender. Yeah, yeah, top three third baseman in the MLB. Uh, that batting average is leading baseball. That on-base percentage is leading baseball. The OPS you mentioned leads baseball. OPS plus and total bases right now, he's leading baseball. He's finally earning that contract. That's what I, I wanted to mention that. Yeah. like For me so far, and this isn't, uh, as a Chicago White Sox fan, this isn't me trying to be uh, bitter about the fact that they signed Yonder Alonso and John Jay for Manny Machado to go to San Diego. But I feel like the first few years in San Diego, he hasn't been worth that money. That's just my opinion personally, but he's really, really 
worth it right now with how he's performed. You know what's even funnier, man? He's not even 30 yet. He's only really? 20. He's only 29 wow. years old. I thought he was in his 30s. He debuted in 2012 at 19. Yeah. That is insane because I mean, yeah, he was it. in ba- he was in Baltimore for like five or six years before he. I feel like that's crazy to hear that Aaron Judge is older than Manny Machado. Yeah, yeah, it <laughs> Dude, is. That is so yeah. yeah. Judge uh, debuted in what was like 2016 or 17. Yeah, he was like 23. Man, yeah, crazy there. Um, but so speaking of just Manny in itself, he's been an absolute superstar. But the Padres have actually been playing pretty well after the fallout they had last year mm-hmm. with the. Pretty much the exact same team right now. Uh, I, I'm impressed, actually. I, I thought they would be not as good again. I thought they would be okay because they didn't make any upgrades. Really, they didn't they didn't really do much. Well, the the closer trade was the, yeah. Well, the, that was yeah. a splash yeah. for them. Um, for we'll, you know, it's only we'll, we'll see if he can sustain it being a possible closer of the year. But right now, easily Taylor Rogers has been mm-hmm. the closer of the year. 16 saves opportunities, ERA under one. Yeah, and you know, <laughs> the almost one team that got to him was the Cubs. Schwindel just missed a, like a grand oh, slam. Oh yeah, that almost walk off grand slam yeah. that we talked out a few weeks back. Yeah, so that was <laughs> that was it. That was like the only team that really gotten to Rogers at this point. Yeah. Um, interestingly enough, but um, so speaking of the Mets and the Padres, where do you see them both finishing up this year, uh, divisionally and playoff wise? Uh, I feel like going into October, I, uh, the New York Mets will be a playoff team. Mm-hmm. I feel like they'll win that division. Mm-hmm. And they're a team that I feel like can go as far as the World Series, depending on health. And then uh, out West, it's going to be hard for the Padres, but I feel like they can definitely push for a wild card spot because San Francisco isn't the same beast that they were when they won 107 games last year. Yeah, I de- definitely agree with the Mets part. They should win that division. They can make a deep run. The Padres did the same thing, though, last year. Yep. Where they started out real hot. They were having those crazy series with the Dodgers. And then that second half of the season, they completely fell off. It was just a absolute torrential downpour. I mean, it was a collapse yeah. upon all collapses. A series of mm-hmm. unfortunate events. Just over everything over. went wrong. Everything. The hitting went soft. The pitching went completely cold. Darvish, mm-hmm. who was like a superstar. He was all an all-star year. in the first half, and he was yeah. competing for that Cy Young. He literally he went from like a two-point, like a low two ERA to like a six in the second half. It was ridiculous. But yeah. the big difference is this year is they're they're doing really good. They still don't have Tatis. They still still know that they have they me. have a great closer and they do have a different manager this year. Bob Melvin yeah, did yeah. excellent. Yeah. I mean, it's so a great long. move that they did this off season and it's so far it's panning out really nice. Yeah. So uh, I think that'll that'll yeah that'll wrap it up here. That'll wrap it up here. Us here at the Go Ahead. Thank you guys for joining us. We'll be here again next week. Um, It's been AJ Freeze. I'm Will Shoemaker. And I'm Alex Lez. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. We'll see you next time. Peace. This is your home for sports. This is the best fans in the world. No, no better team. SportstownChicago.com. Are you ready for this? Valley View Automotive has all of the hottest SUVs you've been looking for. Enjoy a test drive and the opportunity to drive one of these powerful vehicles off the lot for half the price. Yes, half the price. Now's the time to get yourself to Valley View by car, on foot, or even by air to take advantage of this outrageous sale. You better get here quickly, because this promotion is only going on for 24 hours, and the automobiles are leaving the lot faster than you can say four-wheel drive. Valley View Automotive, a dealership you can depend on.
Hey, I'm Andy Griggs, asking you to help prevent domestic violence. Domestic violence isn't a woman's issue. It hurts all of us. Women are injured and killed every day by their husbands and boyfriends. So it's time for men to take action right now to teach boys